Hello and welcome to a rather abbreviated edition of the Para Podcast. It's just the uh, gruesome twosome this week. Myself and uh, Ham are holding down the fort. Bertie's crook. Uh, our boss Hamish is dealing with a, a cranky kid. And it leaves just me and you. Ham, how you doing, mate? Uh, yeah, pretty good, actually. I feel in the lockdown, I feel like I'm the cranky kid. So. <laughs> yes, this is uh, Tuesday, the 29th of June. We are a few days into the New South Wales lockdown. It's uh, level four restrictions for NRL players now, so they can barely breathe as <laughs> it stands Oh, there. I hope they can breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Get tested. <laughs> very, uh, very strict protocols to in order the uh, future or the immediate future of the NRL competition, obviously. So players are very restricted in who they can see and what they can do. Um, it's obviously a, a small sacrifice for the greater good of the game. But speaking of the game, Hamish, we had a State of Origin game two on Wednesday. Let's do it on Wednesday on Sunday. It's the um, the second State of Origin. So we have the standalone weekend. Um, let's do a quick wrap up of that. We did have one eel participating in junior polo. The Blues 26, shutting out the Maroons zero up at Suncorp. Freddie's first win at one of the vaunted uh, cathedrals of the game. Junior getting his first origin start, helping secure the series win for the Blues. Uh, Queensland's third ever shutout, I think they were saying on the broadcast. Uh, it was um, Second, I think it was. Second? It's the third ever shutout in origin. But Queensland's second, there you go. I think they said 93 was their last one or something like that, uh, if I recall correctly. So, yeah, this this one wasn't quite as explosive as game one in, our, in, in our Townsville, but the Blues played all over the uh, Maroons once they'd absorbed that opening 10 minutes of a competitive burst that the Queenslanders showed. Um, but yeah, I thought Junior pretty solid. I think he got, went for about 100 meters. Uh, did a little bit of ball playing, a lot of decoy work in the back lines, uh, in the back line movements. Um, had a couple of good hits in defense. Um, but yeah, the, I suppose for Junior, he like we just mentioned, he played in the most competitive aspect, like moments of that game. That first 10 to 15 minutes was actually quite physical. I thought Queensland stood up for that small part of the game, and that's where Saifidi and Junior had to work really hard. And then they got rotated out and all the bench force got the glory because <laughs> uh, Queensland rolled over very quickly after that. Well, um, I think it was in that first set. Queen, I thought Queensland had really turned up to play. Yeah. But, um, they kept New South Wales, I think it was four tackles inside the 20. That's right. They, they absolutely hammered Saifidi and then Junior on the first uh, two or three carries. And uh, it looked like, you know, there was a real contest to be had, but they, they you know, they sapped all their energy on those first few sets. They could not maintain the rage. And uh, New South Wales running away for, for a, a very comprehensive victory. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think Queensland are picking the wrong players. Um, I don't really care about Queensland. I'm really a fan of Origin. Well, but it's always good to yeah, see. Know, yeah, um, exactly. The team with the Parramatta player winning. But in, uh, in saying that, it could have been a couple of Parramatta players picked for Queensland in the sliding doors moment. If they'd picked Reed Money in game one and he doesn't do his shoulder against Newcastle. You know, and I'll tell you what, I reckon they go a lot closer than they did 50. Four to yeah. six or whatever it was. And, you know, and Harry Grant, obviously a phenomenally talented player, but having not played for a month or so coming into that game, ends up getting banged up um, and, and misses out in game two. Uh, and then, you know, Tom Opachik, who was in the line for game one, was overlooked and then wasn't picked for game two. And you saw Queensland having to make that mad scramble to reassemble the back line after the Mulatalo scandal, if you want to call it that, their criteria uh, crisis. Uh, and then, you know, they end up dropping Xavier Coates and bringing him back into the team. So, I don't know. I feel like uh, Queensland got their just desserts for some bad selections. They plucked heavily out of bottom eight teams, um, as you do when you're a, a struggling lineup. But, yeah, good to see Junior get his uh, series win there. Good to see him get his first start. And I'll be interested to see, we were talking about this off uh, air ham, be interested to see if uh, Junior features in uh, Australian calculations. And if he does whether he takes that or a Samoan jersey. So that's something to watch as we head into the post or the post postseason. Well, that's the thing, you know, obviously p- being picked for Australia is 
the highest honour. Um, you know, you're taking those 34 players and then condensing them into 17. But I tell you what, that Samoan team could be something else. If, if they got everyone eligible uh, or close to, that would be a hell of a team because Jerome Luai, obviously Samoan eligible. Well, Dylan Brown, Samoan eligible. Uh, top your, your props, you have Asofa Solomona, Josh Papali'i, Junior Paulo. Yeah, I suppose, I, suppose, I suppose that's an okay front row rotation. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the beefiest front row three you could put together, except for maybe Payne Haas. That is very impressive. If they could get that team together, um, I know everyone always goes back to the Tonga team in 2013 that really started the uh, uptick in competitiveness in the International Rugby League, but I would love to see Samoa put together that sort of team because that would be fantastic. Um, but in the same token, if Junior gets picked for Australia and, and takes that honour, you can't fault him too because he is equally Australian as he is Samoan. There's, you know, he is, you know, within his rights to be proud of both his heritages there. So, absolutely. And I'll make a bold prediction now about state of origin. Queensland won eight in a row. I reckon New South Wales could go close to putting it in double figures. Ooh. Honestly, I mean, New, New South Wales are set up for long term success. Queensland have got some good individual pieces, but geez, they're they're missing a lot of the glue that brings that team together. And um, you know the. To, the New South Wales are a young team here, but we actually did a little bit of research before pre-pod. Um, Queensland's junior systems look very shaky at the moment, mm. and um, you know I think that they, as a state, the QRL probably need to invest a little bit more because New South Wales were going through obviously during that eight-year period. I think they sat down and went, "Well, we've got to do something. We've got to build up a team here." And ever since then, they've brought in, um, I believe it's Jamie Feeney, um, yes, Badiris, uh, so. to really focus on that guys coming through and it's like Parramatta and Penrith uh, now like you focus on the uh, 15 16 year olds coming up you put a bit more money into them and then it filters through I think New South Wales have done that and I think yeah this is the start of the um, New South Wales Blues dominance for the next 10 years plus the royal blue rain eh? um, yeah. and I'm, I want to have They'll change the eligibility selection criteria <laughs> by then. So I wonder how many uh, series wins did Dorado take for the Queensland media to start the crying the death of origin again. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised it hasn't started already. <laughs> but yeah, um, game three, obviously still a factor, even if it is a dead rubber with the injury to Nathan Cleary, all of a sudden Mitchell Moses catapults into selection uh, possibility. I know that Freddie's already mentioned him directly as a potential candidate alongside the uh simple process of uh, promoting Jack White and from bench utility to starting half. But I feel like if you do that, you've got two ball runners in Luai and White, which probably doesn't help the team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Moses in calculations very seriously. And I think that'd do, even if it's a dead rubber, to do wonders for him to be in that uh, sort of uh, uh, climate, I suppose, but the word I was looking yeah. for. You know, and- I was going to agree a hundred. I was going to say exactly the same words. You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, it is a dead rubber, but you're still playing with and playing against 30 of the best players in the competition. Mm-hmm. And you might be only in camp for a week. You may, maybe only play one game, but you're still playing at that high. There will be a high intensity because Queensland, Don't they won't want it to be 3-0. That's right. The, 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 the uh, ignominy of being not just shut out in game two, but being swept. It happens so rarely in state of origin. You don't want to be part of a team that gets swept, especially when you had ostensibly two home games in a year that was meant to be you know, two New South Wales home games, even though there was a neutral venue booked in for the first one. But when they took that game to Townsville, you know, you got 50 to 6 in Townsville, 26 nil in Brisbane. Uh, part of me kind of wants them to take that third game to the Gold Coast because, uh, you just know, to- <laughs> just, just to complete the uh, the trifecta in Queensland, knock them over in each of their three major uh, venues. But, yeah. Well, um, it's it how rare the sweep is. 
I believe it only happened once during Queensland's eight-year dominance. That's insane, isn't it? That team was so good. New South Wales picked some dog shit teams. Like the, you, know, you talked about having to redevelop the junior structures, but they also had some awful teams picked when there was better talent available. And even then, only one sweep during the you know the greatest ever Origin dynasty. So yeah, you're looking at Inglis, Slater, Cronk, Thurston, Smith, Lockyer. Yeah. And then not to mention the forwards in there. Yeah, so yeah, obviously the Simmer fact Cedar that it only and... happened once during that whole eight years shows you how rare it is. Mm-hmm. So if Mitchell gets picked at seven, I reckon it'll be, it'll be absolutely massive for him and massive for Parramatta because he'll get that big game experience that is so rare. And he you would know, be... You only have three origin games a year. You only have one to four finals games a year. And if he was picked, he'd be coming out of the bye into origin camp to play the midweek game and would then... Uh, come back up for Parramatta, I believe, if I just get this correct, because it's a spot On the round. Friday against the Titans? Uh, I believe that's right. Round 18, right? Round 18, yes. Friday. So uh, He probably wouldn't He play. probably wouldn't back up, um, especially given it's the Titans. You'd want to think that as formidable attacking teams as they can be, that the Eels would be able to play uh, a Jake Arthur or a Will Smith, depending on you know injuries and, and form and fitness, uh, in the um, complimentary role to Dylan Brown and make that work. But yeah, um, it's great to see Mitch in the mix, um, you know, and you'd think that maybe Reed and um, Tom Opperchick could also be in calculations for Queensland. They're going to make some big changes, you'd think, after those two games. So it'll, it'll add some interest to Parramatta fans for uh, otherwise dead rubber. So good to see. But um, beyond that, Ham, you got anything else to say on Origin before we move on to actually important stuff like Parramatta news? Um, no, not really. Oh, okay. Origin's done. Yeah, Origin's done. <laughs> we'll have a quick chat about Game 3 when it happens and whatnot if um, there is that level of involvement of Parramatta players. But for now, let's talk about the uh, lockdown showdown out west uh, the Penrith Panthers hosting the Parramatta Eels. This was going to be uh, an absolute barn burner for Penrith in terms of um, crowd attendance, and I think it was going to shatter their uh, home attendance record. So they're pretty upset about the whole uh, timing of it all, and you can understand why, because uh, you know, getting a, an absolutely crumb, jammed full house of parochial Penrith fans bang for blood and booing everything Parramatta does and cheering everything Penrith does you know, makes a huge difference. But this one's going to be a, a ghost game. Like back when we behind had uh, closed doors. yeah, like when we had the uh, competition resume in 2020, uh, behind closed doors, just the uh, media required to staff the game, skeleton crews for both teams to look after their playing rosters, and yeah, it's two v three on the ladder. Penrith obviously in two, just one win ahead of the Parramatta Eels, so a win here in round 16 would lift the Eels up to level footing with the Penrith Panthers heading into their bye for the Eels. So a lot at stake here, and you know having that head to head victory would mean a lot going into our back half post bye. Uh, for the Eels, a couple of um, points of injury news, I suppose, before we got into this. Uh, we got updates on Reed Marnie. So he's not eligible for this game, or not injury-wise, not eligible. He's going to be back post-bye around 18. Um, and then Nathaniel Roach, knee bruising is TBA. Wiram McGregor, ankle syndesmosis and surgery is TBA. <clears throat> so none of those players obviously eligible for this week's selection. Raystone is available, but with New South Wales Cup suspended, um, he has not been picked anywhere, Ham. So... You'd have to think that'd be where a move for the year. I, I think they'll if, they'll, if he's getting surgery, they'll, they'll shut him down. Yeah, and then when he gets back, they'll just tell him to focus on uh, pre preseason conditioning. Right, just start getting into the the process of coming back for the twenty twenty two season in peak shape. Yeah, well, you know, even with the syndesmosis, I think you can still do some fitness stuff. Um, hand bikes, oh, are there, absolutely. All that sort of stuff, Abs- so. Yeah, there, there is no. Ex- I mean, that, that this isn't me accusing Greg of anything, but there's no excuse to come back out of shape. So, yeah, I think he'll be lean and mean, ready for the I am really looking uh, forward to pre-season. what Wirimu can do with a proper preseason at Parramatta. He's shown some great flashes in the cup for us as a mid-season recruit. And 
I think he's got the even um, despite not having paramedic conditioning, he's shown a good engine um, with the ability to have some explosive carry. So that is one to watch. But yeah, talking about the Penrith game this week, mate. Uh, Penrith a couple of changes this week. They got Charlie Staines at fullback. Uh, Brent Naden is back on one wing and partnering more loosely partnering Brian Toto, who's on the other flank. Stephen Crichton and Tyrone May are in the centre positions. In the halves, Nathan Cleary out. Uh, I suppose indefinitely at the moment. There's talk that it could be a couple of weeks. There's talk that it could be the season for a shoulder injury. So in the meantime, Penrith partner Matt Burton with Jerome Luai in the halves. Front row looks like this with Moses Leota and James Fisher-Harris on either shoulder of Apisai Coruscant. In the back row, Viliami Kikau, Kurt Capewell, Isaiah Yo On the bench, Mitch Kenny, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lenu and Liam Martin. Extended bench is Isaac Targo, Jamin Salmon, Matthew Eisenhue and Taylon May. Is he any relation to Tyrone May? Uh, yeah, I believe it's like the Jennings. So there's okay. three of them, but three, I believe one's at um, Manly. Oh, there you go. Makes a lot of sense. Manly love to recruit from Western Sydney. Uh, for the Eels, a couple of changes this week. Um, pretty much all of them to be expected, though. Quinn Gufferson is always captain and fullback. Uh, you got Micah Sivo and Wanga Blake out in the left. Sivo returning from suspension for that high shot on Adam Doohy. Uh, in the other pairing of centre and wing, you got Tom Opachik and Hayes Dunster. So Hayes holding down that right edge. Fergo having to go another week without playing in the NRL. In the halves, Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses as per the usual schedule. Reagan Campbell-Gillard brings up his 150th NRL game against his old club, which is, uh, I love how those, those sort of stories write themselves in rugby league and sports in general. Uh, a big milestone game for Reg up against the club that he came for as a junior. And he'll be in the front row of Joey Lussick and Junior Paulo. Lussick expected to go the 80 minutes this week with no bench hooker. In the back row, uh, the by the season, Isaiah Papali'i and Ryan Madison are on the flanks, left and right respectively. Uh, Nathan Brown will lock the scrum. And on the bench, the Eels go big. Murata Niakore leading the charge for the interchange forwards, partnering him is Sean Lane, Oregon Kafusi, and Bryce Cartwright. Kafusi and Cartwright getting a recall to the NRL after having, a, I suppose, a conditioning week in the New South Wales Cup ham. They were sent back down to get more minutes, and uh, both of them played great games, in particular Kafusi, who was outstanding against Mounties. Yeah, I thought he was best on field. He mm-hmm. really played 80 minutes, didn't he? Yeah, he was, he was right up there, but uh, him and Makatoa just really tearing in. Uh, for the entire course of that game. And then the extended bench, uh, these guys probably won't feature, but it's always exciting to see uh, Generation Next right there or thereabouts. Will Penasini is 18th man. Will Smith, 19th man. They'll probably be the two that go through to game day. Um, and then you've got Sean Russell and Jake Alpha as the uh, final two men on the four-man shadow bench. Yeah, well, Russell and Arthur obviously having their NRL, but NRL debuts. Will Penasini coming very, very close, depending on Opachik's selection for Queensland, going back for game one. Um, and Will Smith, you know, the super utility. So good-looking Parramatta team. A lot of the focus for the media is going to be the fact that uh, Nathan Cleary is out and how that impacts Penrith. It's obviously a huge loss, but Penrith, an outstanding team regardless. Um, very strong front row, good back row, um, some quality backline players, and a, a very impactful bench. This is a litmus test for Parramatta, mate. Oh, you know, even with the players they have out, Edwards, uh, whoever, they've got a bunch of players out. This is, as you said, it's still a very, very good Penrith team. And the thing is, there's some unknowns in here. Brent Naden, how's mm-hmm. he going to – I can't remember him playing this year. I don't really uh, take notes Well, it's his first, first NRL game back since the uh, – it was pseudo self-imposed cocaine ban from the NRL Grand Final in 2020. He's played reserve grade and has – has he officially signed for Dogs? Uh, no, I don't believe I don't so. Yeah, there was talk about it, but you know he's uh, showing himself to be a very good player when he's in the right state of mind. So he's going to be a big in for them. Um, Charlie Staines, a fullback. You know, yes. I, I've I've memed him as a winger because I feel like he's a bit overrated as a winger. The only thing he's brought is you know the ability to fall over line. But 
at fullback, he's going to get more involvements. And if he has the sort of pace that they keep, you know, talking about, he could be a big factor, especially because, like we said pre-podcast, Dylan Edwards is a fantastic numbers guy in terms of getting 200 metres plus a game. But overall impact, he, he isn't a huge factor in the games. Can Staines be a difference maker there? Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's the unknown. And mm-hmm. with Luai and, you know, Luai's coming off a pretty good origin series and uh, yeah, pretty good be, two He's years. going to be jacked up and they're going to ask him to take control of the team. I know that Matt Burton was the guy while Luai and Cleary were on origin duty, but, you know, given that Jerome's been such a prominent figure for New South Wales, you, you'd think that Ivan would entreat him to, you know, put the team on his shoulders. Brian Toto, obviously a fantastic player. Stephen Crichton, a great young centre. And it's uh, Crichton, no, so we're not going to see Crichton versus Wanga again because Wanga has changed sides since. So Yeah, I think they both play left now. That's right, yes. Yeah, Crichton plays left for them and Wanga now plays left for us. So, but yeah, you talk about that, uh, you know, that front row for Penrith. Uh, Fisher Harris is an outstanding player, one of the form front roles in the competition. Moses Leota well, is a... I was going to say, this is where the real... This is a real competition. Yes. This is this the, is, the, the uh, game within the game, isn't it? This is where, you, you know, the halves obviously be the difference makers when it comes to the kicking and the playmaking. But the, the team that wins this battle here in the, the 8, the 10, the, uh, I suppose, looking at their bench, the uh, 14, 16 slots. And then for us, uh, you got uh, near Corey in the 14 lane, 15, Kofusi 16, with the Eels really loading up that middle. But, yeah, getting a sanity through the ruck, will go a long way. Whether you can blunt and Appiusai impact by winning that forward battle, whether you can stop Luai and Matt Burton getting downhill and attacking the edges, or if you can free up Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown to do the same. Uh, so, yeah, re- that that is a fantastic battle, though. Leota Fisher-Harris versus Campbell-Gillard, Paulo. Um, yeah, uh, it, that that is, it's, you know, I know we've got a lot of pride in our front row rotation, but those Penrith forwards are very good. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that middle, that starting middle, Leota Fisher-Harris, who's, He's on another level in terms of... Mm. Uh, he's he's really taking his game up a notch. And Isaiah Yo, who's a fantastic yeah. lock forward, uh, New South Wales starter, and probably going to be the Australian starter, the way things have gone this year. And uh, up against Brownie, who is an outstanding player for Parramatta. So that is an absolutely awesome battle on paper. And I think the you know the Eels won the first encounter in 2020 with an awesome comeback, 16-10 at Bank West, uh, round five, I want to say. Um, uh, round six. Round six, there you go. Oh, wait. Hang on a tick. I'll tell you in a sec. No, it was I round six because round five was against the Roosters, I believe. So I think you're right. No, it was round five because oh, both teams yeah. were undefeated till that there point. There you go. And then we lost against the Roosters the week after. <clears throat> yeah. Um, sorry, I was I've, I've, now I've completely lost my train of thought. But uh, <laughs> where what's I going with this? I have no, I have literally no idea. But yeah, uh, Penrith Ford Pack outstanding. Um, Kurt Capel and Villiam Kikau. I mean, Kikau devastating when he's clicked in. But I think that we saw in the media today, uh, Molly or whatever was reporting that Penrith were a little bit concerned about his lack of impact in recent weeks. So you know he's going to have that as bulletin board material and he's going to come out for a big game. Parramatta, no slouches on their own edges. Zai Papali'i, you know, by the season, arguably the best edge back role this year. Ryan Madison, a great player in his own right. So that's going to be awesome to see. But yeah, so the way I was going was from last year, Parramatta with the first contest won that stirring comeback victory at Bank West. And then... Had the uh, horror game out at Penrith where we lost twenty-two to two or twenty to two, uh, where we yeah, were complete, like completely started the possession. I think possession was like sixty-five percent to Penrith, and we actually defended pretty well, but just you know got eroded away by the sheer weight of territory and possession. I think that game will be weighing on their minds a little bit. You know they're not going to let it be a negative influence. They're going to want to get revenge for it. So going out the Penrith in front of no crowd, this is a great chance for the Eels to uh, you know reignite and get a huge. Uh, notch you know in their belt you know they took down melbourne earlier this year which is a big one 
They took down Canberra when Canberra was still a relevant factor. That was a big one. And I think this would be right up there if you can knock over Penrith in Penrith. That, you know, and go into the bye equal second on the ladder. For and against, obviously, you probably still favour Penrith given that they've got a few points start on us. <clears throat> but, you know, get, keep in touch with our men, our Melbourne, who I assume will win this week. Who are they playing? Melbourne are taking on the Roosters. And so if the Roosters were full strength, that'd be more of a even contest. But you think that Melbourne will get the job done. But yeah, you know, equal second going into the bye, you know, come out, take on the Gold Coast and then go into that, you know, really tough gauntlet. That'd be huge. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, you summed it up, Paul. I've got no words. I'm speechless. Well, that, that, that's the thing with his contest. It, it's very simple, isn't it? Like, you know, Penrith love to play with a fast tempo. They win the ruck, get a roll on, start winning the six again course because they've got the ascendancy and, and they've got the team, you know, backpedaling. And then we'll just, you know, put the foot on the on the gas uh, and really go, you know, and, and get to their outside men and, you know, get, you know, not not so much Toto, but, you know, Crichton and uh, when he was in there, uh, the uh, centre from uh, the Tigers. Uh, Momorowski. Momorowski, you know, those guys and give them a bit of space to work with. And, they, you know, they post up their forwards on the goal line against the, you know, tired defenders and let guys like Fisher-Harris and Leota and Lenu just tee off. So, like we said, going back at the start, this, this is a game that the forwards are going to decide so much. If the Eels can get into that contest, give Moses and Dylan Brown a, a platform to you know, kick through and, and not get rolled over on, I think that Penrith will, you know, not roll over because they're an outstanding team, but it'll it'll set them off their game a little bit. And I think that's uh, what we saw when Melbourne met them in round two. And I think that, you know, Melbourne really spoiled that contest for them. And even though Penrith won, Melbourne should have won if it wasn't for uh, the centre. Olam. Olam being a complete bork. Yeah. <laughs> and just, just needing to pass instead of going himself. But yeah, in terms of um, special tactics, I don't know. Um the, uh, this, I, the tea, I, I'm playing it exactly the way we played Melbourne. Yeah, that, that, that's what I, I was going to go It won't be torrential rain, but I want I want my spine players, particularly Mitchell and Gutho, hanging around that middle third. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you talk about the Panthers' attack, they've scored the same amount of tries that we have. The only difference in points four is they've kicked 10 more goals than us. The difference is that defence. They've conceded nearly 100 points less than us. So I'm telling Mitchell, I'm telling Gutho, Stick by Junior, stick by Lusick, go up that middle third because I reckon if you can, you know, you're not going to tire, you're not tiring out Fisher Harrison, you know, they just go for all day. But if you can bring on their bench a little bit earlier, I think we can get them. That's a really interesting point you make about the Penrith defense because I'm just looking at our results. We haven't had many bad points put on us. We've had 22 by the Tigers when we won, 26 by the Dragons when we lost. Our biggest 38 points by the Rabbitohs was, and, and 28 points by the Seagulls. Those are the two bad ones. Besides that, I mean, that, that's a testament to how much they've managed to stifle opposition teams. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. Friday night, prime time, um, the lack of the crowd. I, I wouldn't have cared if they had a crowd, to be honest, because you've got to be able to play in front of big crowds for big games. But it, obviously it benefits us. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how we match up coming out of the uh, global buy for State of Origin 2. Uh, Penrith a little bit undermanned. Parramatta still undermanned. It's easy to you know all the talk about Cleary, no read money, state of origin caliber player by the way. Um, and I know that Joey Lussick's done a great job, but it's not like Matt Burton's been chump change for Penrith. You know both backups have done great jobs for their clubs. Um, one is going to be well, getting... it'll be a big game. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping Para come out because you know you had the global buy last week. We've got to buy it the week after this, so this is our one game. You get like... the win. You get the second place on the ladder. You come out and you look to roll the Titans, and then you take on that. I mean, we, we spoke about it, but you're taking on round 18, the Titans, and then it's Canberra, Roosters, Rabbitohs, Sea Eagles, Cowboys, 
Storm and Panthers. Like of those games, Titans, Raiders, and Cowboys are probably the the simplest. And even then, they're still going to be competitive affairs. But you know, you're looking at Roosters who are going to be you know refreshed a little bit coming after their own bye. Uh, Seagulls who are flying high, Storm and Panthers who are one and two on the ladder. So that is a hell of a run to the um, to the postseason. Yeah, and you know you can look at it one of two ways. You can go, well, Power's going to be running the gauntlet. They could be tired because they'll be playing footy. They'll be playing finals footy two months leading into the finals. I, I am. Or curious. you can go, it'll toughness up, be battle hardened for the sudden death football. Exactly. Uh, I am curious about that because in 2020 we had a very good run, like a, in terms of strength of schedule to the finals, and we ended up giving Melbourne a hell of a challenge up in Brisbane in week one, and then unfortunately uh, losing to the Rabbitohs with the uh, Michael Jennings uh, drama manifesting on game day. Uh, I wonder if it's a Goldilocks scenario. Is there like too hard, too easy, needed to be just right? Or um, I feel like being too easy is not a good thing. I think that's been relatively proven. I feel like maybe the battle hard thing might be what we need. It's definitely a possibility. Well, what, the last time we made the grand final, we were playing semi-finals football two yeah, months out from exactly the 2009 run. And yes, that was a, obviously very special circumstances around that team in general. But like you said, you they they were playing for their finals for their you know their life a full you know six seven weeks prior to actual sudden death football. So and then the time that they weren't. They lost 39-0 because <laughs> they knew they'd gotten in. Uh, uh, one of the greatest rope-a-dope games ever seen. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's um, probably a nice place to wrap up our discourse about the Penrith Panthers, Parramatta Eels around 16? Around 16, 16 contest. Um, let's get on to predictions. And we do have predictions from our absentee uh, members. Um, I'll do birdies. You can do um, your counterpart, Hamish's, Hamish's predictions. Um, so Birdie reckons that we're going to get this done – 16 to 12, so a tight one. And he's going for, with his uh, best Darren Lockyer impression, by the way, he's got a, a sore throat and uh, got the Lockyer voice going on. So he's like, got the gruff voice. And he reckons Wanga. Wanga Blake, first try scorer. <clears throat> <laughs> Righto. Well, uh, our fearless leader, our glorious leader, um, has gone. Whoa, wait. Has he said Penrith? He's gone Penrith. Go Penrith, 24 18. 18. <laughs> I don't know if that's like an autocorrect thing. I don't feel it is. Well, he's not our fearless leader. No, he's anymore. not he's our a, fearless leader. He's, he's our cowardly coward. leader. He's a gutless yeah. wonder. He's a yellow belly coward. <laughs> oh, so he, yeah, he's tipping Penrith 24 to 18. Sevo, first try scorer. I the think, kid's gotten to I, him. I, was about, I was about to say the tantrum's gotten to him. He's, he's been rattled. He's um, He's got something wrong. Jeez, um, I don't know. How do you how do you follow that? It's put a real it's put a real dampener on the predictions. It has because I just I expected to go in and go. Oh yeah, Parramatta. Oh, that doesn't say Parramatta. It starts with a P. Doesn't have Aramatta on the end of it. it has Enrith. Oh. So uh, yeah, that's. Oh well, bring it back up. We'll bring it back up. You, who's going next? I, I can, I'll let you close it. Out. I'll let you build up the momentum and um and give us the the big go home prediction. I'm going to tip a Parramatta win. Obviously. Um, it's going to be a hell of a game. No Nathan Query is a big loss for the Panthers, but like we are saying in our discussion, they're just 1-17. to 17. There's still so much talent in that roster, so much self-belief. They're obviously flying high, even though they had a couple of back-to-back losses through that, that origin period for games one and two. I will go for, I think Birdie's margin's pretty good, honestly. 16-12 isn't bad. Um, I will go 19-12 to 12 for Parramatta. And I will go, I mean, I shouldn't, but I'm going to go Reg for first try scorer. 150th game against his old club. You've got to back the big war horse in. All right. So you said 
to finish it off with the the grand gesture. That's it. I left it to the, the fireworks going off to the showman. That's the right. Goldberg sparklers <laughs> coming down over the top. Cue the Goldberg uh, theme. Yep. And then you hear the glass smash of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> only for my prediction to be Parramatta nine to Penrith four. Wow, that's actually that is something we didn't mention. Um, your score on a four really tweaked it into me. No Nathan Cleary, one of the sharpest boots off the tee. Uh, who's their goal kicker? Who's their goal kicker? It'll be Crichton, cry- it, right? Crichton? Yeah. And he's a, he's a reasonable kick off the tee, but Cleary has been automatic. He hasn't missed a kick. New South Wales has scored 76 points in State of Origin. He hasn't missed a single conversion. Like, yep. he, it was absolutely on a tear in terms of goal kicking. So that could be a big factor in this game. If it's a tight game, not having Nathan Cleary to fall back on as an automatic two points could be a huge factor. Yeah, good point, and- sir. The way we defend, we're very tight in the middle. We give away out on the edges, mm. but we're very tight in the middle. So we're not giving them easy goal kicks there. So you've gone 9 4. Who is going, who's going to score? Mitchell Moses, all nine points. Mitchell Moses, all nine points. So how are, we, how are we going to be like a panel? Or now we've got the two point field goals that makes you know, such a wild card, but convert a try, penalty goal. How is goal? that going to work? <laughs> <laughs> penalty goal. So penalty goal. Ah, Penrith won't score. They'll kick two penalty two goals. Penalty goals. And then for Parramatta, a penalty goal, Penrith, two penalty goals, Mitchell to convert his own try and kick a field goal. There you go. That's so nine. That is nine points and four for Penrith. If you can get that in a same game multi and make it cash out, you're going to turn that into like a 5,001 odds, I feel like, or something like that. But, um, <laughs> that's a, a fun way to wrap up a abbreviated edition of the podcast. Uh, apologies to no Birdie and no uh, uh, other Hamish, the less cool Hamish, as it were, the cowardly Hamish. Um, but yeah, they obviously one one sick one dealing with a, a an unsettled kid. So we'll give them a pass mark for this week, I suppose. They don't have to back up from their own state of origin. You know, guys he's, like he'll have some quen- he have some questions to answer. Yeah, he's going to have some questions, and you know, Hamish here and myself just built differently for podcasting, I suppose. But <laughs> all the all the self gassing up, he's Stephen Penrith, Jesus. Yeah, all, all the self gassing up asides. Um, Good fun here. Good to have the football back. And we're going to have another body buy after this. So we, we come in, get the uh, preview done. We'll probably have a review next Tuesday, but then there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, so, no preview. Yeah, no preview. And then we'll have to come in the week after and have to talk about how we're going to have five or six Parramatta Eels in the State of Origin team, blah, 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 and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. But yeah, go the Eels, get a big win over the Panthers, and uh, yeah, get second place on the ladder. And hopefully we've got a big review next week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like the sign-off. Do our long review we want. That's it. That's what we want. Uh, a game full of uh, big moments and a big win for the Eels would be just the uh, the order that we all need, I think. Absolutely. Well, last time we played Penrith in front of no crowd, we won. So Exactly. There you in go. fact, we were all, we were all um, very good during that uh, whole COVID period, I feel like. So, uh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have fans at any yeah, games. Exactly. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> just keep shut them out. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll win our premiership the way that Mankind won his uh, WWE championship in front of an empty crowd, empty house. Yeah, no, I'm watching. Yeah, Flick no, the channel over. That's it, halftime in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think that's a nice way to sign off. Thanks for stopping by, guys. And next week, we should probably have everyone on deck to talk about how he spanked the Penrith Panthers in round 16. And there'll be less wrestling references. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. The oh, of this exactly. Week. Exactly. <laughs> but, yes, on that fantastic note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you, guys. Catch you next week. Okay, the will see you later. Bye.